No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. All righty, we are here doing the our bit to try to stay out of the way, but still try to help educate and prepare people for some of the things that's coming down the line. Uh, the economic impact payments, stimulus payments, I'm referring to them as, um, are supposed to start coming out as early as next week. Um, I just want to kind of go over that really quick, just so I can maybe answer a few of the phone calls before they start coming in. Who is eligible? Individuals making 75000 up to um, 99000 Married people, 150 up to 198000 um, head of household is going to be like 110,000 up to 140 or 50,000. Um, you will get $1,200 as an individual, $2,400 as a married couple, 500 for qualified children that are children that are 16 and under in the year of 2019. This will be being reconciled on your 2020 tax return. So if uh, I, I don't know if they give you too much money, I have cases where. In even years, the wife claims the children or the, the ex-wife or whatever. And in odd years, the ex-husband claims the children. Uh, so if they haven't filed their 19th yet, but they are basing them on the 18, who's going to get the $500? Um, I don't know the answer on some of these guys. They haven't given us that information. Uh, the IRS does not have my direct deposit. That's been something that's been sent to me probably a good 20,000 times. No, not quite that many times. But they will be actually um, getting, uh, they're, they're supposedly going to be updating the IRS website. I've checked today. I did not see any place. You could change your address. You can update your address and your name. I did not see where you could update your electronic payments. So um, uh, most of the people, if you had it on your 19 or if you had it on your um, uh, 2018 or 19, if that information is wrong, then the money will bounce back if it is your ex-wife's or girlfriend's account that you had on there because you wanted them to get that particular refund and not get the stimulus, then you're going to need to contact the IRS. Here's the funny part, and I'm saying funny because um, the IRS specifically has a phone number on the website, and it specifically says that at this time they are not available. They do not have anyone answering the phone. So there is no easy way to contact the IRS. But let's go ahead and hit the phone lines. Um, we look like we have John on the line from Spring Hill. Hey, John, how can I help you? Uh, there we go. I have Hi, John. Hi, how are you? I'm I've good. been seeing commercials for, uh, and this is maybe not in your field, uh, about uh, a person who has lost their home due to some crook got their title information for their home? Oh, I've heard those commercials myself. I have not had any hands-on personal experience with them. That would be, um, I would hope that that would be something that's somehow covered under insurance. I have seen those commercials and it sounds like um, there's not a lot you can do. I'm assuming there's lawsuits that can get you your house back. But what's your question? Or has that happened well, to you, gosh forbid? The question is, is I, 
I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, if somebody were to steal my information and a bank or lending institution were to lend them the, enough money that I would lose my home, I would think that would be on them, not me. That's assuming that they that they paid for title insurance, right? Or that the the closing agent, whoever was doing this, wasn't also a uh, con artist of some sort, or the you know. But I agree with you. I didn't understand how it could happen. I have seen those commercials. I'm horrible that it would happen to someone like that. But I can't imagine if. And I will say this: I have my credit locked. I mean, meaning you can go to the credit bureaus and ask them to lock your credit. If you have a parent, a senior, someone that maybe isn't, I mean, they're not going and borrowing money. Why not lock their credit so that way no one could do something like that? You know, because then someone has to call me and says, hey, are you applying for this card? Or they get a rejection automatically because the credit won't pull the credit report. It just makes sense to me that you want to be safe than sorry. But great question. I don't know if I'm helping much, but I have seen those commercials and I think there's got to be a lot of things you could do to protect yourself on that. If you locked your credit at, uh, say, Experian, would that lock it at all the credit bureaus or just Experian? No, you have to do all three. Okay. There's just three credit bureaus. But, yes, you'd have to do all three, okay? All righty. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Love the question. Thanks. All right. Let's go to Gary in Gallatin. Gary, what can I do to help you, sir? Thank you, Dr. Friday, for taking my call. Two questions you may have already answered one in the past few weeks. Has the has it been pushed back as far as – uh, paying your 2019 taxes is the deadline still August 15th or eight, I mean April 15th or 18th that's been pushed back. And number two is if you've had a loan in the past year that's made probably two years ago and you paid it off last year, are you eligible for some, for some of the stimulus money? Um, not too sure about the first. I mean the second one. I'm not sure about the first one. I can tell you, July 15th, it has been pushed back. July 15th is our deadline. Gary, what were you meaning about a loan? I mean, basically, what was that? I don't know if I understand what that question was. Are you self-employed? I thought I read in, I I read in part of the stimulus package that if uh, you had had a loan that uh, you were making payments on, that uh, as long as the loan wasn't a year old, then you could have access to some of the stimulus money for that. Um, Yeah, my understanding on that for the stimulus side is really uh, businesses that are paying mortgage, you know, interest and and part of the stimulus package will be to help them make the interest payment for eight weeks um, uh, as a free and then obviously loan them money to go further at at an interest rate. Uh, But I I haven't seen anything. um, There is some emergency funds, $10,000 that that they are releasing to some individuals. But I think that has to tie to saving your home maybe. But almost every bank has been mandated, I think, to give a 90-day furlough. So, you know, most of those loans, I don't know. Maybe someone knows differently, but my understanding is um, mortgage companies have to furlough your loan, or at least you you have to get the ability to ask about a furlough. But I I don't think individuals know. I don't think that applies. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it very much. Um, And guys, I'm going to say, I am learning, you know, as much as you, I'm doing a lot of the paycheck ones. So that's one that I am knowing more about um, how, you know, eligible impact payments that's where the the other $1,200 and stuff is coming for individuals, a way to help them along with obviously unemployment being out there for deducting, you know, things like that uh, to make it happen. So 
if we want, why don't we go ahead and go to Linda, and then we can hit Joe in Columbia. Hey, Linda, how can I help hey. you? Hey, Dr. Friday. I heard the uh, previous caller talking about having their title compromised. Some uh-huh. time ago, I learned that... Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Some time ago, I learned that you can call either the Register of Deeds or the Tax Assessor's Office in Metro Nashville to put your name on a list to be notified if someone is requesting your title. That's so a, a great, I mean, so that's what I, I'm thinking, especially if you have, um, or you're single or you're busy or you have an older parent that maybe owns their home and you're concerned that they could be taken in because my brother was, uh, actually he works for me and he was in the office here and someone called him just on Friday and said, I need your b- date of birth and your social security number. He goes, I don't know who you are. What do you need? They, they eventually hung up. It was a scam, but I always worry about if it was someone that was older, would they react by just giving that information out because they were taught, you know, I mean, in some ways, if somebody asks you answer, um, those kind of things. Uh, So, you know, that would be great. If there was ways to help protect those individuals, um, I think that would be wonderful. And, and, you know, a lot of times we have to step up and and help those people. So, um, that, thank you very much, Linda, for giving us that information. So maybe some people can uh, check with the registered deed or the title, uh, whoever holds our titles to our homes, be able to check that out. I don't remember which one it was, but they were quite happy to provide that service. Perfect. That sounds like a great thing. Thank you so much. Appreciate you listening, too. Thanks. All right. Why don't we go ahead and keep moving along here, and let's go to Joe. Joe in Columbia. Hey, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Thanks I am for doing taking awesome. my call. Uh, my wife and I are purchasing a house, and we had closing on a construction loan. Is that the closing cost on that deductible? No, the only closing cost, it would be added back to your cost basis. So when you sell, that would be part of your closing. But if you have any property taxes that were assessed during that time, that would be able to be part of your property tax. And then, of course, interest. But normally the interest would come out on a 1098 form uh, in addition to that. But that would be the only two things that you would have that you could um, deduct off of an actual closing. Or points, I guess, but most people aren't doing points right now. No, not on the uh, construction loan. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the call very much. And just for all of those that might be first-time listeners, you can join the show at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, hopefully going to help answer some of your questions. Let's go ahead and take the next one, which is Jeff out of Hendersonville. Hey, Jeff. Hi, how you doing? I am doing awesome. Oh, uh, good. No coughing. Yay. No, um, yeah, exactly. Okay. No coughing, no sneezing, no <laughs> whatever. Yes, doing that's, well. Thanks. That's good. Um, well, okay, I'll get right to my question. Let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, okay. My mother is 95. She is in assisted living. A few years ago, she put uh, her house in mine and my sister's name. Um. And uh, last year, me and my sister sold the house. We put the money into an account um, that used to be hers also, and this is for her care, totally, completely for her care. My question is, are we going to uh, owe capital gains on the sale of her house? And the answer is possibly. 
So that's the reason I'm never a big fan, and I know why parents do it. They just want to make sure that they're safe and that their kids are safe, et cetera, et cetera. But the downside to that is when she quick claimed it over to you and your sister, she eliminated what we refer to as a step up in basis. So now you have the basis of what she paid for that house, which could have been 40 years ago. It was uh, 60 years ago. There you go. Even worse. Um, so you're in, in trying to find that basis of what it was. Now, was she, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask, was she married at some point? Yes. To your yes. father? Okay. Well, I didn't know because nowadays you never know. Um, so when did Pops pass away? When did your dad pass? 1995. Okay. Well, in, at that point, the home probably went to the mother um, so yes. in essence, it would have gotten a step up in basis at the time mom took over title. Cause most of the time back in the day, husbands had the homes in their name and then they went to the wives. Now sometimes, cause we're not a community property. We didn't actually have to have the wife's name on the property. You would have to go back and see if her name wasn't on the property. You could go back to 1995, the month that your father passed away and see what the house was worth. If mom and dad owned it in joint tenants, then you're going back to pretty much when they brought it and then that's going to be really hard to backtrack into and I'm not trying to be complicated but that's why when mom did it did she just quick claim it like for a dollar um what what we did it was in both her and my dad's name um a few years ago before she quick claimed it to herself um we had it quick claimed to my from we had it quick claimed. We took my dad's name off of it, in other words, and it was okay. in my mother's name. And okay. then my mother quit quit claimed it and put it in mine and my sister's name. Yeah. So the basis is going to be minimal. I'm just being honest. You know, I mean, because back in those days, I mean, homes were worth five and ten thousand. That was a lot of money. You know, I mean, when when they purchased Thir it sixty years ago. Thirteen thousand nine hundred dollars. <laughs> See, um, now they may have done quite a bit of upgrades and it's possible yeah. to have, you know, increased some of the value. What did you sell it for? We sold it. Oh, uh, thank goodness for 220,000. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, too bad we didn't keep it in mom's name because then it would have been free money, but that's always hindsight's worth a lot in life. Um, yeah, at this point, you and your sisters have a basis of about $13,500 against $220,000 plus cozy cost fees at this time. That home was in your name, not mom's. And the basis, since she didn't pass away, is the basis that mom had at that time. Now, um, would, would we get a K-1 from the financial financial institution that paid, that paid us off or... Um, most likely you're going to actually get a 1099 S for real estate sale. Okay. 1099 uh, S. S is in Sam for sale. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So uh, that, and, they, and it could likely be for the whole amount, even though they gave it 50, 50. So you'll have to make sure when whoever's doing your taxes, that the schedule D accounts for, the total cost basis and then divides it in half in essence. Uh, so you can put the 50% of your sisters on her and she would do the same thing. So that you're already responsible for 50% or 110,000 gross, less the 700, the $7,000 cost or whatever. 
the, and if you can go back and find more costs, that would be the answer. Am I going to have to? I, I haven't received a 1099S, so so who would who would issue that to me? Well, the closing cost uh, company usually does the the whoever handles the closing um, is normally the one. I you might want to call and find out if they're going to issue. If they're not, just keep in mind the IRS is notified of every home sale. I've been in more than one audit where people are like, "Oh, I forgot about that," or they come to the table and say, "Hey, you sold three houses that you didn't report in the last two years." You know, what I'm just saying. So. Yeah, it is information yeah. that they are notified of. Even if you don't receive a single document, you signed off and the, the government has been notified. But you might want to call the closing agent just to find out. Okay, so the closing agent would, would uh, be able to either get that to me or tell me where I could get it. Yes, sir. Hey, you think the IRS would be real nice and send it to me? No. <laughs> <laughs> just let me know not gonna happen what, my friend thank what, you for would calling they be, would they be real nice yeah that's the question thank you <laughs> yeah. no problem all right we're gonna take a quick break i appreciate all of you guys that are calling hopefully you'll hold through because we'll get to all of your calls and more as soon as we get through the quick break this is the dr friday show we're gonna be right back Awesome, because that always makes my show, I think, a lot more enjoyable. Let's go to Jane, who's been on hold quite a while. Jane, let's see what you have for me. Hey, Dr. Friday. If I Thank remember you. correctly, I think you said that camp, well, well, first of all, I'm a homeschool mom, and okay. I think you said that fees for camps are um, deductible. Is that right? So if that's a day camp and you're using it as, and, and you work and the husband works, then you can actually take it off as if it is like, babysitting um so oh, yes okay it but, is. but so if you don't not work a job if you are you know an at-home mom then no okay and so summer if we both work is summer camp taken off as long as it's just daytime if it's been if they have to spend the night then no okay and so um are, are like music lessons taken off or any kind of lessons that you pay someone else to, to, to teach the children you know, normally it's, it has to be for a number of hours, I suppose, if they're spending, if the camp, if it's a camp that teaches them something like that for, you know, like 11 to 4 or something like that, then yes. But like every week you get one hour piano lessons. I've never seen that deducted, so I'm going to go with no. Like that, yes. But I think you get one hour piano lessons. Oops, you might want to turn me down there. Okay, let's uh, let's go on and let's go to Mike. Mike's been holding for quite a while. Hey, Mike, what can I do for you? Ready? I <clears throat> I have a son that's 21. He's going usually full time to school to Columbia State here <laughs> in Franklin, and uh -huh. he's included on our taxes. But he he has not. We have not filed a tax return on him. He's 21. Uh huh. Uh, for the tax break. Or the checks? Is there a way we can arrange that for him to get one? Or well, does he work, or that, is he only a student? I mean, some some kids actually have jobs where they've earned six, seven thousand dollars, or is he really not? I mean, he's just studying to get through college. 
he, he's studying to get through college. He's got uh, some disabilities. But... Okay. Well, on, in all honesty, to qualify to file a tax return, you have to have some sort of earnings. Um, you know, so he would have to have worked a job or done something, you know, that would have created an income, even if it's not necessarily taxable. Um, is, is he receiving Social Security benefits? No, I, okay, I didn't know. I heard up. you say a disability, so I wasn't sure if it was that kind of situation. So, and and not that that would have triggered anything. I was just, you know, sometimes they would cause Social Security to be taxed. So, no, there is. I mean, unless he's actually working or doing something, then there's no tax return able to be filed. Yes, I'm not too sure. I totally understand why um, children that are in college or high school still, 17 and 18 year olds, and they're not receiving checks the government is under the impression that all those children are working, I guess. Um, but if they're your dependent, which most kids those age are still their parents dependent, they're not getting money for those children. So I'm not too sure. I totally understand the concept behind where they, where they locked off that number. Um, but I, I understand I've had a lot of parents calling me saying, should I take off my, my 18 year old or my 19 year old that did have some you know, summer jobs and work, should I take it off? So I don't have an answer for you, Mike. And the answer legitimately normally would be he's a dependent. He's going to college. You're going to get college credit plus um, the $500. So you're still going to do better taking him probably as a dependent than him getting his own $1,200 and not being able to take the college credit. Okay, thank you. If you you get it. Okay, thanks. Okay, let's see here. Next, um, I think Ken. I think Ken's next and then Kevin. Hey, Ken. How you doing there, doctor? I'm pretty good. What's happening? I have 1099 status for 2019. Uh, do I have to file to be eligible for unemployment? Do I have to file my return, um, my return for 2019? My understanding is no. We do not have to have our returns filed for 2019 to get it. Were you also a 1099 and 18, or was that a change of professions? That was uh, uh, self-employed. You were self-employed in 18 as well? Yes. Okay. But not a, so you have but consistency. Not a 10, but not a 1099. Okay. So you, you just, I mean, you did repairs or something and people paid right. you, but you weren't actually receiving that, 1099 as far as income. Exactly but right. you would have proof of, self, of self-employment on your 2018 return as well as yes. you would on your 19. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So my answer, from my understanding, we do not need to worry about that. Meaning now, the, you should be able to go and apply for unemployment because you have the ability to do that. Without having to file my return for 19 at this, at that this is time. That is correct. In the past, real quick, Doc, in the past, mm-hmm. contract labor, they weren't entitled to unemployment. Is that correct? That Until is now? correct. And I'm not actually sure why we would be now. I mean, in all honesty, because of the fact that. Well, I mean, we don't pay into it, right? My employees, I as the employer pay into unemployment. As a self-employed people, we pay into Social Security and Medicare, but we don't pay into unemployment. So I'm not sure how they're getting that done, but it's being done. So they're being, they're being magnanimous. They're they're (laughs) They're doing something. I'm just a little confused on what they're doing. I'm not too sure. I totally understand it. Everyone is. One more question. You're sure. I'm I'm temporarily temporarily out of out of employment because of the virus thing. Okay, I will mm-hmm. return back to work when this thing goes all clear. My employer is is he or she obligated to 
pay me something? Not necessarily. Now, that is what we have been working on all well, I thought it was going to start on Friday, but our banks didn't actually get on board yet. So apparently um, as early as Monday, possibly even um, today or tomorrow, the mm -hmm. banks will start opening and getting us what's called the Paycheck Protection Program. That oh, yeah. program is supposed to give employers money and they're therefore be able to hire back the employees because they want you to be, I mean, the money has to be used for payroll. Um so they want the people like yourself that might be on a W-2 but has been let go or whatever to be able to bring. And it doesn't have to be W-2 people. It can also be our subcontractors. So I'll, be, I'll, work, be, I'll, be, the, I'll be the same status. I'll be the same status, 1099. Yeah. When I go so back. They, when I I go mean, back. But they can prove to they, – they will have the money being provided. But, again, this is probably four weeks from today, right? I mean, if the loans get sure. processed today, you'll be lucky to see the money in four weeks. So I sure. don't know how quickly that's going to happen, but once it does, it's it will generate people wanting their employees back and their subcontractors because well, they're borrowing money for that. Well, we'll be going back, but my question, I'm, I'm taking a lot of time. Uh, are they obligated no, or will they, be, will they be obligated to issue some sort of uh, 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 monies while we're off? No, it's not. It's not okay. obligated. It's not, especially as a subcontractor. You, we don't have any obligation you know, for us so. uh, employees to a point, uh, but most small businesses do not have that obligation because it's not sure. something that we can afford to do normally. So, uh, no, there of is course. no obligations. Are we going to receive from us from the state half as in the, as contract labor, half what we would normally receive if we did up with W-2? I haven't so, heard that. All I've heard is uh, the state is I basically have. still locked in at 200 and some dollars, and the Fed yes. is going to be kicking in up to $600. Yeah, well, a friend of mine said that they told him that it, because of being contract labor, he would get half, which would be 125 from the state. So we'll see. You oh, on. I got you. Half of what a normal employee would get, he's going Correct. to get 50% of it. I got you. Correct. Um, you know, again, it, it really would depend because you and I both know, I mean, if I'm in a service business, I don't have a lot of write-offs. And then you guys, you have construction guys that may make $175,000, but bring home 30. You know oh, what I'm saying? And so if they're trying to get money back in their pockets, I don't, you know, it's not the same as a paycheck. So I'm not sure how they're calculating that information. It's it's above my pay grade, I think. All right, buddy? <laughs> Any big I help, Dr. Friday. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh -huh. Thank you. All right, let's see what Kevin can add. Hey, Kevin, what can I do for you? Uh, hey, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for holding. Uh, oh, no worries. Um, I have always done my, uh, my taxes online, and I've always had direct deposits. Mm -hmm. uh, this year... Oddly enough, I I just needed the money faster than than normal, so I went through H and R Block, and they did a fine job. And my my return my return wound up on one of their cards. And oh, okay. now I'm curious as to the stimulus checks. Is it going to wind up in my uh, bank account? like it normally has, or is it going to wind up on this card this year? I would say my, my understanding is whatever the last account information they have is what they're going to try to use to send the money. Is the card able to be redeposited on? Do you know? I don't know what kind of cards they actually offer. Is it like a little debit card that you can put money back on anytime you want, or is it a one-time situation? Yes. 
Yes, actually, I mean, you can reload the card and all that, and thank God I didn't throw it away because I never intended to use it again. Absolutely, but, uh, and that's the problem. So, I mean, and that's the kind of thing that, that I'm, again, questioning because in some cases people have used accounts that, you know, they've moved, they've relocated, they've closed, there's been fraud, they had to close that account, whatever, or in your case, they threw the card away because it was a one-time thing. I took all the money off it and now I didn't need that card and hope and pray that that card is now shredded or someplace where it's not going to be, you know, possibly picked up later and money's on it. So I'm not sure if, you know, I mean, this is the kind of confusion and people in a normal tax year, I mean, there's situations where this happens, but now you're talking about every single taxpayer. Well, a large number of taxpayers, and many of us may not see the, the refund of the stimulus, but a large number of people are going to be getting this stimulus. I have had more people that haven't filed for the last seven years come in and file their 2019 because they want to get their stimulus check. So maybe it's <laughs> going to encourage people to get current with the IRS. But it's Yeah, uh, my, I, I suppose it will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's got to be a positive in this conversation, Kevin. Um, so my, my answer would be, my thought would be, is whatever you received your last refund from would be where they're going to try to put that money back in as early as next week, according to the website. Okay, well, again, thank God I, hang, uh, I hung yeah. onto the card because exactly. I, uh, I would have just tossed it. <laughs> Yeah, and they are saying that they're trying to open something up on irs.gov so people can put their information in and update it. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with that. I guess e-filing your information is one thing going onto the IRS website. I mean, it's a safe site. I don't think I've ever had any personal problems with it. It's just that it's going to probably be overloaded and there's no one there to talk to. So good luck on that one. But I would just make sure you hold on to that card until you either get the check in the mail or or they put it on there, I guess is my answer. All right, bud? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to take our second break. I'm a few minutes behind, and then we'll get back to the phone line, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, and we'll be right back. ready to continue if you want to join the show guys you can and the questions i mean seriously there are no silly or stupid questions because we're all trying to figure this out and if you've got a question please feel free to ask it if i don't know the answer we will try to find out the answer because much rather make sure everybody's getting the the best information we have at our fingertips than not the phone number is 615-737-9986 all right let's go to uh is attorney in Hermitage, about the stimulus. This is Tony. Tony, I'm so sorry. Dr. Friday, my Social yes. Security is, of course, a direct deposit to my bank account. Yes. I do not file federal income tax, don't make enough money. Ooh. Do you think Ooh. that stimulus check will go into my uh, bank account? I have been told personally that is exactly what's going to happen with the individuals that get their Social Security 
direct deposited. That is the exact same account that you should have expectation of receiving your funds in. Um, I'm not sure as far as my understanding that Social Security or, or the people on Social Security may not be in the first set of checks going out. They are going to actually go directly through the Social Security Administration. Uh, so they're going to get all that information directly from them. So um, it will, you know, it's, it's going to be coming out in a little separate uh, separate way, but yes, that is my understanding. And if you get your social security on a card, uh, every month, it's going to be the same thing that the depositing that stimulus money, 1200 or 2,400, um, I'm assuming, but, but it should be 1200 for each person because social security comes individually and then paid maybe to the same bank account. But yes. Okay. The fact that I don't file has no bearing on it. It's just not required at all for anyone that is on social security or anyone that is not required to file a tax return. Now, let me clarify that social security individuals have already paid their taxes. Basically they're not required to file because it's not enough money to trigger a taxable situation. If you haven't filed taxes or if you have a situation where you should be filing, but you just aren't, that's a different conversation. But in Tony's situation, no, you are not required to have to file any taxes to qualify for the stimulus check. All right. I'll go buy some bread. Thank you, doctor. There you go, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Okay. My guy is staying busy in the studio. He is loving me. All right. Let's see here. I'm trying to figure out who's next. Uh, Tony. Tony is next. Is this Tony? Hello, Dr. Friday. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Uh, Hey, well, listen, I've got one here. Um, I inherited my mother's house out in California. My brother signed it over to me. I went over and and, uh, and got the title changed to my name. And when I did, this is what happened. Back in 1980, my mother took a $1,500 loan on that house uh, through a bank that used it as collateral. Eight years later it was in 1981 that bank was uh bought out by another big bank which is of course alive today and uh so when i titled it i found out there was a lien from that bank on my mom's house for that fifteen hundred dollars so i called the bank up the new bank that bought them out they have no records. Of course, my mother's deceased, and everybody right. else that had anything to do with that is deceased. So I called the bank up, and they said, we have no records of that bank. We don't go back that far. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, what can I do? She says, you, you're going to have to send me proof that you're the owner, and we'll search it, Release. you know, see what we can. Okay. But there's nothing, there's nothing in the database. So meanwhile, I went and and uh, I got the things and I sent it to her and they they're still holding up. They can't find anything now. Everybody that knew anything about that loan is has dead. passed. My, yeah. my older sisters and all them. So, uh, but yet that lien is still on it, and I'm trying to figure how the heck am I going to remove that lien because. The house is really a, a, over 100 years old. It's a small house that I was born in back in 47. But I, I'm thinking that you could, couldn't you hire, couldn't you hire a, like a title company or someone to, or, you know, I mean, I mean, it might cost but, you a few dollars. I'm not too sure. But my, my opinion, first you do, you know, obviously you go back to the bank, but the bank doesn't exist. 
I mean, I'm assuming it's a lot like putting something on someone's credit. If it can't be proven, it's got to be able to be removed. So somehow there's got to be, um, and I don't know if anyone's listening that may know more about this, but somehow it seems to me there should be a way of contesting this, this lien, right? Saying prove yeah. that there's a lien against my house. Somebody prove to me that this exists. Um, since, you know, obviously the lien existed against someone that passed away. It, it was held against that property. But, um, you know, even if you said, well, I'll pay you the $1,500 or whatever the, the, the lien was, the fact is there's no one to pay. There's no company existence any longer. So um, I, I don't have, a, I've never ran into that one. So you're right. You've definitely stumped me. Um, I don't have a perfect answer, but if I get somebody that calls me in or if I can, uh, my suggestion would be calling a California, calling an attorney or somebody that does real estate or something like that and see if they would be able to give you any better advice than I can. But um, that may cost you well, more than what the lien costing you now. See, the thing is, is my brother, when he had it, he uh, had an offer uh, for the house to sell the house. And they did a title search on it, and it all it did is come back with that lien on it because that house was given to my mother and my father back in the 1900s when uh, they got married, and you know right. that's where the family was raised. So, uh, but at closing, I mean, theoretically, at closing, does it say how much the liens for? Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred. So my, why couldn't they just pay that at closing? Put the money in escrow, pay it off. That would remove the lien. Well, I'm just saying if you decide to sell it. Well, that was the thing that the uh, people that were going to buy it, they could, they would not uh, remove that lien. For, I don't know what it is, but hmm. like I said, I inherited it. Uh, but now I guess I, I'm just going to have to stick with that bank and put more pressure on them trying to find out it. Because yeah. I, I, too, was going to just pay the fifteen darn, uh, $1,500. But knowing my mom. It was paid off. I know. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. And that's why I deal a lot with IRS leads, but they're still around and there's people that can remove them. So I don't have a good answer on that one, buddy, but good luck on it. Okay. Well, the second question is how in the heck do I, uh, would I uh, uh, file my taxes on? Do I claim it as a second home? What do I do? Because I'm going to be needing to renovate that house as I go along. So, it's really uh, an investment I, property. It's not a second home. So all the money you put into it would add to your basis. And then when you sell it, that would be a deduction. Um, you yeah. know, I don't think it probably qualifies. I mean, it may be your second home. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, you can only take off property taxes on a second home. So not going to help you for yeah, renovations I paid, anyways. I paid the 2019 taxes on it already. So yeah. now I won't so that be would able be, to claim on this year, I haven't filed my taxes yet, but would I be able to claim those taxes that I paid on it already? Possibly, if you can itemize. Well, which I do. I, I do okay, that. if you if you okay. if you meet itemizing, then it, it falls under the salt tax or the property taxes and sales tax or income tax okay. under that ten thousand dollar maximization we have under that section of the Schedule A. You can add all properties that you have property tax on. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that that Thanks. was the main thing. The main question was of that darn lean. So all, mm-hmm. all sorry. Back. All right. All right. Man. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Yes. Uh, Let's go to Carla. Carla in uh, the borough. What can I do for you, Carla? Uh, I love your show, Doctor Friday. I always learn so much. Um, <laughs> my mother passed away on the twenty third of February, and mm-hmm. I'm having an impossible time giving her Social Security back already. Um, 
and I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen with this uh, stimulus money that's going to end up going right into her account. Um, so is that going to go have, to her estate? Yeah, well, or I mean, will I need to get it back? That's a good question. It hasn't actually come up in any of the information. I'm going to suggest or, or say since she passed away in February of this year, and the stimulus is based in that, that it's going to basically go into her estate. She's entitled okay. to it in essence. Um, I, I thought you know, I had seen February she, 15th as the date and she passed on the 23rd. So uh, that was definitely my my thought as well. Yeah, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking as far as that side, it will. The question will be, well, because they've already got a death certificate in there. I'm assuming for her, will they even issue it? So it'd be interesting to see if you actually get it. But I, I think you should, and it would be part of the estate, not something that would have to be paid back. Is my okay. understanding? Okay. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate you holding. Thank you. All right, we've got two more holding, and the one that's been holding latest is Carol, and then we'll go to Rosie. Hey, Carol. Hi. Um, my question is, um, following the 2019 federal income tax has been postponed to July 15th. Yes, has the, has the hall tax due date also been postponed to July 15th? Yes, ma'am. I have gotten personal confirmation from the state. And actually, if you go on to uh, 10TAP, you can find that, or Tennessee Department of Revenue. Yes, they have extended to the federal deadline. To, to July 15th. Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I love your show, too. No problem. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, Rosie, what can I hi. do for you? Hi. Um, hi. I am self-employed. I'm a massage therapist, and I have tried to file for unemployment on the Tennessee um, website, and they mm-hmm. don't have my business registered. And they're on the website, so I'm uh-huh. having trouble getting that done. And um, they finally let me get it registered and sent me a monetary determination thing saying I was not, you know, what I would be getting with zero dollars, which, um, you know, and I went and did a um, uh, dispute, wage dispute, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It's, and I haven't received anything back from that yet. The other, um, I want to know, you know, what I should do about that. And also, um, you can't get anyone on the phone, by the way. And um, (laughs) the uh, the other thing is um, I I have been encouraged to file for an SBA loan. And I wanted to know if it should, if it um, would be the disaster I mean, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan or the Paycheck Protection Program, which one should Rosie, I go Rosie, I'm going to ask you, to put, uh, if we can put her on hold, because she's got some great questions I'd like to hit, but I missed my break. Let me hit this first break, and then we'll have about five minutes, and I can go through all those answers for you and give you some information on what you're going to need for the SBA, okay? Thank so you. I'm going to ask you to go back on hold for a minute, and we'll take this break on the Dr. Friday Show. When we come back, we'll get to Rosie one more time, and we're going to answer about the Paycheck Protection Loan and the Disaster Loan, as well as a little more information on what she might be able to do for the unemployment. But we're going to take the break, and we'll be right back. All right. I'll bring that music down quickly because I only got about a minute or so left. Rosie, I am back with you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, ma'am. 
Okay, so the first thing on the Tennessee Department of Labor, when you filled out the application, we there's mm -hmm. a question on there that they're telling us that we're supposed to say no. So if you're self-employed, there's a question that says, are you self-employed or the owner or operator of a business or farm? All of us would say yes, but according to them, when asked this question, a self-employed individual needs to mark it as no. So That's good information. And then okay. the second thing is, within the last 12 months, have you received a notice of termination or layoff from a job, blah, 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 or from military? If, as long as it is, put no again. I have not been terminated. That apparently is going to lead us into being able to possibly collect some self-employment from the state. So that's the biggest thing is everyone would answer that question. I would have answered that question as yes, because I am self-employed, the owner of a business. But they're saying you need to tell them that it's no. So anyone completing your application, do that. The other one is you would basically probably apply for the disaster loan. And again, I'm talking fast because I only have like 30 seconds. Um, a disaster loan, they have the, the quick one, which is like $10,000. That would be based on just your Schedule C, Line 31, which is the amount that we paid self-employment tax on uh, off of your sole proprietor. So that's what they're going to be looking at is the ability to how much income you you normally earn uh, and then hopefully be able to get that. You can go right on to SBA.gov, click on the Corville, um, whatever, coronavirus uh, link there, and you can uh, uh -huh. put your application online through their website. Okay, one question about that, the, the Schedule C part. Um, the website is saying it goes from February 18 to through January 19. Is that something? No, I'm sorry, Fe February 19 through January 2020. Do right. I just go by the, by the last year set Schedule C or do I? That's what we're using. And then that? mostly, yes, we're going from January. And then it's like if you have seasonal workers or something there's a little different calculation when it comes time to justify it we can run a financial but if you've already filed your 19 return use your schedule c as your basis okay. if you haven't then you can do a financial statement okay thank you so much thank you rosie for holding okay guys if you have questions i will do my very best to answer them by going Friday at drfriday.com. Again, Friday at drfriday.com. My phone number is 615-367-0819, 615-367-0819. We can take your calls. Um, and then if you need to know more about me, go to drfriday.gov. Again, drfriday.gov. I hope you guys are all staying home, staying safe. Um, and if you need assistance in trying to figure out what you need to do or how to get it done, Please, email will be the easiest or texting the number I gave you. That's the fastest way for me to probably respond to you. I hope that you guys are having an awesome Saturday. It is beautiful outside. Keep the six feet apart or whatever, but go outside and enjoy the weather because it's like we have been so wet, so rainy, and now we finally got some sunlight coming out there and making 